This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Hi, I'm Heather Renee May, and this is Flipping Dreams Podcast. One, two, three, four. Hey, Flipping Dreamers, have I got a show for you. Um, today, I have Kaya Lindsay joining me. Um, and if you don't know who she is, she is uh, one chick who travels under One Chick Travels. Um, but she's much more than that. So I wanted to have her on so she could share her stories of being a solo woman traveling and doing van life and her conversion in her van and all of those details. But when I started digging in, I found out this woman climbs rocks and does all kinds of amazing things. And she's also a filmmaker with a gorgeous film, which I will definitely link um, her, the film that I watched, which was Girls Gone Wide. And um, oh, it's super inspiring. So I'm really excited to chat with her um, uh, today and share this with y'all. And hopefully it inspires you. Um, maybe you won't be climbing rocks, but maybe you will. Maybe you'll want to go get a van and go go to Moab or go to Wyoming and go climb. So anyway, hope you enjoy. And uh, thanks again for joining Flipping Dreams. Hi. Hi, I'm Heather. Hi, nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice to meet you too. Um, So first of all, I'm like so excited to talk to you because like I reached out to you originally because I was like, I'm, you know, my show's all about travel and adventure and I do a lot of RV life and like solo women. And I was like, here's this chick in a van and solo and cool. And then I like go into your site and I was like, she's freaking filmmaker and she climbs rocks. Like, I was like <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I have so many things I want to ask you and so many things I want to talk to you about. Um, because like, I know nothing about climbing, like off with climbing, what that's all about. Um, yeah, you know, I loved your film Girls Gone Wide. It was like so well done, but also just so I mean, it was just so energizing to me to see y'all. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So like um, so I don't know what came first, the van or the rock, but like wherever you want to start, I'd love to hear like how. How like tell me a little bit about your journey of, you know, I don't know uh, if you started with van life first or if you started with climbing or like the two came together or. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think they kind of started in a way simultaneously. I uh, started rock climbing in Santa Cruz, California when I was my early 20s. And um, that was really pivotal in my life because it became it's for anyone who climbs like it kind of becomes more than a sport. Like it's very much like a community and like it really can hook you in and become like a lifestyle. Uh, and so at that gym that I was really obsessed with, it's like going climbing every day for like hours and hours. I ran into a woman who, uh, was building out a van and this was like very early pre van life. Like I suppose, I mean, obviously people have been living in vans for, you know, years and years and years, decades and decades, but 
this was like I think it's really blown up in the last couple of years and this was like very pre that and so when she you know told me she was like yeah I'm gonna like buy a Sprinter van like move into it for the summer and build it out it like blew my mind like I remember being just like just like lightning bolt strike being like oh my gosh like you can just do that you can just buy a van and you can move into it and you can rock climb all summer and so um it really like like zapped me and uh I was like well I'm do I want to do that that's like that's the mission and so I think it was like about a year later that I was able to purchase a van and begin to build it out uh and the intention was always to hit the road and start rock climbing uh and so yeah in 2017 I made my first uh leap into uh into living on the road and uh traveled around and got obsessed with a very specific type of climbing called trad climbing it's a little bit different um than like what people most people think of as climbing and um yeah it was it and you know it's been a wild ride since then that is so cool yeah i definitely i want to dig into the specific type of climbing you do but i also like going back to the van like do you now or how long Sorry, let me rephrase this. Do you um did you live full time or did you just do like periods of time where you would go and live and and climb and then like debrief? Yeah, no, I was uh, full time in the van for about four years. Wow, I think yeah, it was twenty seventeen, and then there was a actually I was about three years full time, and then I moved into a house in Reno. But I didn't really, it wasn't like a full-time thing. Like I was there and back, there and back a bunch. And then uh, in 2020, in May of 2020, I moved back into the van uh, and then was out about. So I, I usually say about four years just because it's a nice round number. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I moved into my um, RPOD 189 full-time in 2020 because of COVID because it was like, yeah. I got to get out and see people and see nature. I can't be just stuck in a house. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I, we, I was going through a breakup during that time, so we were moving out of the house because we were no longer together. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like a really chaotic time. At least it was for everyone, but it was a really chaotic time in my life. Uh, but you've you've gotten on the other side of it now, so yes, that's good. Yes, I'm very happy now. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, but I am now in a house. I moved uh, into a place in Moab, Utah, um, towards the end of 2020. Uh, and have been the here ever since, but I do stints in the van usually over the summers for at least two months out of the year, um, to try and travel around. I'd wish it was more, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing other things now, which is also very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to dig into that too. Um, okay. So let's talk about climbing because like, um, you've talked about all the different States you've been in and climbed in. And like, I imagine there's some sort of is there some, is there like a list? I want to know specifically how you climb. And then I would love to know, is there a list of like locations that people like check off kind of like national parks people do? Like I know nothing about climbing. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's a great, it's a great question. Um, that's a good way to ask it. Cause so it's complicated because climbing is, is a, it's a relatively new sport as far as sports go. Um, but also at the same time, like people have been climbing rocks since people could do anything probably since before we could walk sure so like 
it's a weird, it has a weird, uh, like everyone can climb. And I really do believe that, that everyone can climb. Um, but the way that we talk about it uh, is like developing and can be a little bit confusing. So I'll try and break it down simply. And, um, you know, if it's confusing or you want me to elaborate, please do. Yeah. Um, or please, please ask me. But um, so I started climbing in a gym and uh, gym climbing really like got blew up in the 90s and that style of climbing is what we call uh, either like bouldering or sport climbing and this is the type of climbing that like you and I could you could just do like we could just go climbing together and you'd be like oh yeah like here's a handhold I'm gonna grab it I'm gonna pull my body up I'm gonna put my foot on this ledge and like it's like a little bit like climbing a ladder where you're grabbing things um and so that like that's a really accessible method of uh, rock climbing. And also I'm starting a climbing gym in Moab. So it's obviously a type of climbing that I believe in. Uh, and it is, you know, still very relevant in today's, you know, modern climbing world. But uh, there's a difference between what we call sport climbing and uh, trad climbing, which is traditional climbing. Um, and we just always shorten it because it sounds silly. It sounds funny if you say traditional climbing, you just say trad climbing. Um, so uh, trad climbing is, uh, tra or traditional climbing is typically, and this is, if there's anyone listening who rock climbs, they're going to be like, well, that's not right. But it's typically <laughs> the uh, the application of like jamming your hands and feet into cracks. So um, instead of like grabbing onto holds and pulling my body upwards, mm -hmm. you would like slot your hand in or like slot your fingers in. Uh, or like, you know, a fist or even like an arm or your whole body. So, so it's a little bit different. That, um, that explains it, a lot because I was watching your film and I'm going to have a link to it in the show notes for folks to mm -hmm. watch. But like I saw you all and like your your technique of it, and that's exactly what you were doing. And I didn't know. I was like, is that what they're supposed to just be cramming their bodies into this crevice and moving up? Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's a little bit more of like a technique based uh, sport. Like there's, it, I actually teach crack climbing um, clinics, or I I used to teach crack climbing clinics in the spring and fall, and like is very much like a technique based uh, sport because there's, there's so much variety because you're not only um, jamming every single crack is a different size, but also every single body is a different size. Like sure. your fingers might be a, like a little bit longer than mine and like a little bit narrower, which means that this specific crack is a little bit easier. And like, so it becomes really challenging to teach um, and really challenging to pick up because it is so, there's just no like one size fits all model. Sure. Whereas with um, the sport climbing, it's kind of like, grab this like this, <laughs> grab this like this, you know, and it can yeah. be a little bit easier. But not to say there's not nuance and delicacy in, in sport climbing, but yeah, it's a, that's an oversimplified version. That is so cool. Um, Yeah, the technique, I was really fascinated because it didn't seem like, I mean, there were areas or parts where it was like, how are you even getting a grab? How are you even getting a hold of anything? How are you, it, like, and Mm -hmm. Some of the climbs when you came down in the film, you're just, I mean, you're just, you're just ripped. I mean, just like your, <laughs> your legs, you're just, and I mean, ripped by like, I mean, like bleeding, you're like, like bruised and yeah. bleeding. So like, um, yeah. and y'all are still, and you're like, we're going to do it again. I'm like, what are you crazy? It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that is uh so that's even more niche than, than trad climbing is actually off with climbing. So the film girls gone wide uh, kind of chronicles the experience of me and my friend Mary and my friend Sam climbing in Beedaboo, Wyoming, which historically in the climbing world has been 
just like a really tough as nails, like hard, like just the most intense uh, style of climbing. And just like in general, it's like a very challenging place to climb. Um, and so the the cultural relevance that I see of Girls Gone Wide in um, the climbing community as a whole is that historically climbing has been a boys club. Um, and like, you know, everything from like mountaineering to just like even sport climbing today, like it's been men going out and doing things. And that's not necessarily to disparage men, but just to say that like, women haven't always had the same access, even in the golden days of rock climbing, like in Yosemite, when they were putting up routes, like that was a time when women couldn't really leave, you know, they were expected to take care of their kids and, you know, not really have careers of their own. Yeah. Uh, and like men of their lives, like were able to leave and go do these incredible things, like because of the support of their, you know, wives yeah. and girlfriends and stuff. And, um, you know, it's changed a lot. And off with climbing specifically has, in many years resisted that change like climbing i actually think now is a more one of the more um egalitarian sports out there because uh it is a not just a strength and power sport although that is important it's very technique uh it's very um, like mental um and like it's also very emotional and so like skills that you bring to climbing you know you need to have good partner communication you need to have like flexibility you need to have you know risk assessment and not and like so those are skills that like women have been you know conditioned to bring to the table and so like you can have strength and power but you need to also have these other things so there is egalitarianism in rock climbing which i think is amazing but off with climbing specifically has kind of resisted that um, that change. And so in recent years, uh, up in, well, I mean, and I don't want to disparage the women who have gone off with climbing, like, you know, in this last generation, because they have done some amazing work, but, um, it has remained kind of this like stodgy, tough, hard man, boys club sport. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in my, uh, life and in the time that I have been climbing, which admittedly is only like six years, I have seen, women really take the lead in off with climbing and really like change the sport for the better um and like i really wanted to tell a story of like the femininity of off with climbing and like highlight these women who happen to be my friends um who are like incredibly badass incredibly strong and also incredibly feminine Mm -hmm. uh, and like are able to do these hard routes that like historically have only been able to do by like men who kind of look like boxers, you know, yeah. and, like it's a bruised knuckle bloody sport, but like, it doesn't mean that we can't do it too. Yeah, no, I thought you, you told that story so well. And, um, you really, like, I really felt, first of all, that the sense of community between you all. And I felt like, you know, you weren't trying to be anything other than who you were. You were just owning, like all of you felt very feminine. And at the same time you were doing stuff that most men probably wouldn't do. And so like, you know, I mean, it was just, it was just such a, it was, and, and also I think because it's such a mental and I was going to ask you about kind of the mental side of it because I, I golf. So, um, so I have a, so I know <laughs> the mental game there for sure. And um, I, uh, you're really competing with yourself. And I think that like one of the things that I really loved was the fact that you all were really supportive of each other 
but allowing each other to like, you know, you kind of have, it's your own journey. Like the, how Mm -hmm. you process it and how you overcome the adversity or the things that come up for you that are specific to you and your body and that rock and everything. Like, um, Mm -hmm. I, I was wondering, I mean, I'll skip ahead to the question I had about that since we're here, but like, I was wondering, like, what do you, do you have some, something that you tell yourself or some sort of trick to help Mm -hmm. you have that mental toughness? Because it's so easy when you are like, I mean, it's, you're physically and mentally drained and you're, you know, and you could just quit, but you don't like, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then like, is there anything that you like, I don't know. Is there something you tell yourself? Is there something that you like that helps you kind of get over that hump? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, no, that's a great question. I, uh, that's something that I have honed. It's a skill I have honed that partially came from a lot of rock climbing in Vitavu. Um, but really the thing that I tell myself is, uh, don't look up, don't look down, just keep going. Um, and like, I also kind of say like, well, you haven't fallen yet. So just do one more move. And nice. it really helps because like, if you just kind of keep telling yourself like, all right, don't, you haven't fallen yet. Like, just, just keep doing it. Like, it's really hard, but just like, keep, keep going, you know? Um, and you, I'm, I'm always shocked at like how much effort it takes and then like how much it is mental, you know, you just have to tell yourself to just do one more move and eventually you make it to the chains. Well, yeah. Cause it makes sense because yeah, because, um, <clears throat> like we're built to protect ourselves like our egos and everything are built to be like no 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 you're gonna fall get 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 down get down yeah. get down you know and so it's yeah. like we kind of sabotage ourselves in ways and so like getting through like pushing past that and i i love that in in a way it sounds like you're almost keeping yourself in the present and just being like okay just just take the next step take the next you know and for me it's like the next shot just go to the next yeah. shot you know yeah. so yeah that's really cool um yeah <clears throat> I love um, the the sense of community is something that I was like really curious about as well. Like I love hearing that, um, you know, that it is, you know, more women and men are coming to the table and being able to be, you know, participate and be involved. Um, do you, do you have like, did you like start off with a group of women or did you just like kind of find people along the way? And like, did you have any mentors that like you kind of fell in with? And then I, I don't know, like, Mm-hmm. How did how did that evolution happen? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, the the percentage of women uh, in trad climbing, I think, is like exploding exponentially. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that women are getting more and more into it and are getting better and better at it. And like every year that I climb, I end up climbing like with a greater variety of women, which is great. Which is so, like my favorite thing. I love climbing with women. Uh, I was super, super fortunate on my uh, very first day of learning to to trad climb that uh, there was a woman named Sarah who uh, helped me out and uh, was like willing to take me climbing and was kind of like, yeah, like I'll t- I'll give you I'll show you the ropes and we can hang out and like you know I I I learned by watching her, which was really incredible. And then um, I met most of my climbing partners in Moab, actually, where I am now, uh, in this place that's just about an hour from here called Indian Creek. And there's no self-service. There's uh, very, there's no water. There's like very little amenities. You kind of got to pack everything in and pack everything out. And um, I, there's like a campground where people hang out. And I just honestly ran into 
these people in this campground and because there's nothing around there's no cell service no water uh all you have is each other and you get to know people really quickly and people are always like oh we're having a fire later like come hang out and i kind of assimilated into that group um and i was fortunate enough to be surrounded by people who are really strong trad climbers and just like you know i think that some of the people that i have you know, have had the good fortune to climb with in my, you know, meager amount of time climbing are just like absolute legends and like, you know, elite level climbers and so humble and like, you know, you don't know, you'll never know their names, right? Like, cause it, cause that's not what they're doing for, right? They're really yeah. about just the climbing and the community and being out in the desert. And so, yeah, a lot of what I learned, I just kind of learned like from that group. Uh, and then over the years I have had uh, you know, friends take time out of their, you know, busy schedules to just teach me how to trad climb. I had a really good friend named Allison who just was like, yeah, you want to learn to climb? Come to Yosemite. I'll teach you. And like, she just straight up was like, I will mentor you. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, one of the greatest gifts anyone's ever given me because it, I didn't, you know, I didn't pay her. I didn't, you know, give her any beer or anything. I was just like kind of a useless, you know, person. And she was like, yeah, here, let me just teach you how to do this. And like, you know, I'm forever indebted to that. That is so <laughs> awesome. I love that so much. Because I think that yeah. not only um, do you learn, but I think that you learn better when you're surrounded by people that are like exceptionally better, right? Mm -hmm. Like I always, I was a ballet dancer as my first career. And like, I always would perform better and when I was with like really, really great professional dancers that were like taking class with us. I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So like, I feel like... um but contrary to dance, where it is very competitive, uh, hyper-competitive, I think what I love about the community, and I've been talking about this, like, it's very similar to, like, RV communities, where, you know, mm -hmm. people come together and have, like, a similar hobby, a similar passion. Um, and in your, in your case with climbing, there's actually, there's also a risk involved. So it's not just, like, coming together and having fun, but it's, like, you're also watching out for each other. And I think that there's, like, a different kind of code among people in those types of communities that's really unique and really special. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I think that the comparison to the like RV communities is spot on. Like, you know, I find that when people have less physically, but they are living close together, they like have more to offer mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, you know, people want to get to know you and like they want to have community with you because like, you know, we have more when we are together. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, I wanted to ask you. So, some of the other things. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the film, one of the films that you made, um, mm -hmm. the Girls Gone Wide, and um, you know, you also do photography and you also do writing. Um, and one of the, I, I'd love to hear kind of what you're doing with those. But I also, one of the um, posts, the blog posts that you wrote, uh, seventy five thousand. I was mm -hmm. like. Okay, I want to hear the story because I love so the okay, so this what I understand from the story from reading it is like, you know, you have you're at a crossroads. You have an opportunity. It's like the you can go for the money and the safety and the known path or you yeah. can take the risk and jump off the cliff and like hope you have enough rope. And that's kind of like so many times in my life I've had to make those decisions and I always like I love to hear um other people going through that and like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can I can definitely uh, elaborate on that. Um, I think I wrote that in, oh, it must have been, 
either around 2020. I think it was 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, that was a really big time of like emotional turmoil and cultural turmoil and like national term, like global terminal turmoil for everyone. Um, and like I said earlier, I had just broken up with my partner. Um, and I just moved out of my house. And, and so, uh, I'm like, you know, I, I also at that time lost a bunch of my, uh, so I've been a freelancer for many years and I've been doing freelance writing and social media marketing and all that kind of stuff. And I lost pretty much all of my paying clients. Wow. Um, and I actually had one of my clients like stiff me like $2,000, uh, just like from like a, you know, he, I basically did a whole bunch of work for him in advance and then like 2020 or like, you know, the March hit and he was like, well, I can't pay you. And like, I'm not going to. And I was just like, dude, like, <laughs> so, so, you yeah. know, I was kind of in a desperate situation. Um, and like many people, I was applying for unemployment and all that stuff. And then, you know, the unemployment never came through. So it was just like really stressful and, you know, in a lot of different ways. Um, and also around that time, there were fires uh, going on in California. Right. And my family is from California. Uh, and specifically Santa Cruz and my mom and my sister were like evacuating their homes. And so like, I feel like it was one of those times in my life where at all points, like I had no safety, like socially, emotionally, financially, like, you know, my familial ties were, you know, it threatened. And then on top of that, I didn't feel like I could go home because of COVID. And at the time it was like, I'm a young person and I don't have a house. And so like, I can't just live in my, in my van, in my driveway and not leave that van. I can't like, you know, you can't isolate that way. Like I will die. Like I'll go insane. And like, I'm also not able to like stay in my mom's house because it's not safe for me to be, you know, around her. Cause she's a high risk person, you know, she's like, you know, older. So yeah, it was just like mm. very traumatic. And, uh, well, I think we overuse that word, but it was very stressful. And, um, I was having a really hard time and, I was kind of sitting at this junction of like, what am I going to do next? I do have employable skills and I'm young and I don't have like a, a lengthy career, you know, of being a climber to like support me. Mm -hmm. So I kind of need to figure something out. Like I could, you know, take a turn in the road right now and land somewhere and I was looking at I was just looking at jobs because everyone was like super stressed out about money so I was looking at jobs and there was like a social media manager position that was going to pay $75,000 uh, with benefits and uh, I was going like, to in I think it was in DC and I actually think a friend of mine sent it to me I think it was one of those things where she like knew I was struggling and she sent me a, a DM and was just like hey like I'm here with my family and, you know, I know they're looking for someone like, you know, check this position out. And I remember looking at it and just being like, this is so attainable, you know, like I met all the requirements. Mm -hmm. I had a degree in the thing that they needed. I had worked in, had experience in the field for a couple of years, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I sat down and played out in my head, like what, would it look like? Like, what would it actually look like? Mm. And, you know, the, the blog post details basically like all of the things I could have and all of the things I would give up. 
And I think and it was primarily one of the things was climbing, right? You'd have to give yeah. up climbing. Yeah, primarily climbing <laughs> and the van too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that it was a challenging turning point for me because, and I've always kind of, and this is kind of something I've thought about a lot, but like, it's, it's not like, if you want to pursue your dreams, like the things that you really love to do, I don't actually think that it's the the failures that stop you. I think that it's like the safe opportunities that mm. stop you. Mm. You know, like if that. you want to be a musician, it's not the like 10, you know, negative responses or like the 10, you know, failed bookings or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's you're sitting there and you've you've been doing this for, you know, a while and then someone offers you a job in IT and you think, "Oh, I could get a job in IT and I could play guitar on the weekends, you know? And so I think that's kind of where I, where I was in that space when I wrote that blog post. I was like, I don't want to give up. Like, I'm still going to try. And like, I have all these things I want to do and I can't, I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I was comfortable, you know, like if I just gave up because there's still more that I want to do. I love that. And certainly, yeah. uh, I'm gathering that you are, did not regret that decision at all. No, definitely not. I don't yeah. want to be in DC. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing. I was no, like, sure. location, location. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just don't think that I would vibe with the East Coast in general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. And being far away from your family and stuff too. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Not good. I'm already in, in Utah. I'm already too far away from my family. So Yeah. That is that is awesome. I love that. So. Um, one of the things that you talked about, one of your passions is obviously writing. Mm -hmm. um, are you, have you written a book? Are you thinking of writing a book? I actually, uh, I have written a book and it's sitting on my uh, computer and it's, I have this like list of uh, publishers to pitch it to that's been sitting on my to-do notes. Um and I just haven't been able to get around to it because this year specifically, I am opening up a climbing gym. And so pretty much all of my creative pursuits yeah. uh, are, you know, on hold. I so get that. Is, this is a little bit of like the better deal that's like taking me away from the things I want to be doing. But in a lot of ways, this is actually like in alignment with my passions. So. Uh, oh, 100%. And you're you're also sharing that passion with other people and, and helping to guide them and mentor them and get them you know, involved. And so, yeah. Um, hopefully you, when you have time, I hope you do publish that book or get it published. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. I, um, I have a couple, yeah, I have more writing that I want to do and I don't actually foresee that ever ending. So hopefully in the next couple of years I can get, get my butt in gear for that. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's a, I, I did mine, um, self-published, um, and I did a series and, I had to kind of take a break from book three because of other things going on in life. Um, and so people keep messaging me, where's book three? And I'm like, oh, it's in my head. It's going to be really great. It's going to be really great. I just have to actually write it. I promise. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be worth the wait. <laughs> so, um, but I get it. And I, I think the thing is like staying, you know, keeping those things, you know, not everything can be on all the burners at the same time. So, yeah. you know. It's like, I think that um, it's good that you're honoring that 
Um, and it sounds like I'm, I'm super excited about your climbing gym. That's going to be, yeah, me too. <laughs> and that's a, that's a big thing. Are you going in on it with like a partner partners or a partner? Or are you just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's me and another local, uh, climber from Moab and, uh, we have an investor. So it's basically the three of us. Nice. Yes. Nice. And actually I'm wearing my, this is my, I don't know if you can see it. I love this that shirt. A, this is a audio medium, but this is, I'm wearing a climb Moab, uh, gym shirt and it depicts a bighorn sheep with a bunch of climbing gear on it because bighorn sheep are kind of like super native to this area that is awesome yeah I was noticing that shirt I really like it yeah yeah thanks (laughs) that is very cool so um oh going back to the like climbing locations is there like how many places have you marked off your list is there a list of places that you wanted to climb um is there some place that you haven't climbed yet that you're really dying to I would love to. Yeah. Um, actually, funnily enough, behind my computer is a map of the United States that I used to have in my van. And every time I would, you know, drive somewhere, I would mark on the road. Like, so there's like a little line of where I've been. And oh, cool. one of my, one of the things I used to have people do was write down their recommendations of places I need to go. And so then when I didn't know where to go next, I would just, you know, look at that recommendation. That's smart. I like that. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. It's it's fun. It's also like really engaging. So I have all these little notes from people and I have this like, you know, map of where I've been. And, uh, yeah. So I guess as far as climbing locations go, um, I mean, there's starting in the Southern California, there's like Joshua tree. Uh, and then there's, you know, red rocks in Nevada, uh, in Moab there or in Utah, there is like a whole bunch of places like St. George and Salt Lake and like all the Wasatch, but out here it's like Indian Creek, Colorado, there's Boulder Canyon, there's like, you know, the Rockies, <laughs> there's all that kind of stuff. Um, Wyoming is Laramie, which is, you know, near Vitavu. Um, and then uh, there's like Smith Rock in Oregon, and obviously Yosemite in California. And then there's, you know, the uh, Squamish in Canada. So like actually up into Canada, even. Uh, I mean, like, it's pretty much everywhere. Like anywhere there are rocks, there's rock climbing. Nice. And there will be rock climbers. <laughs> and the earth is made of rocks. So they're they're everywhere. <laughs> what was what was the hardest climb for you so far? Or the most challenging? I think that the hardest climb. I guess maybe not the hardest. Is it? I mean, yeah, I think the most challenging climb that I've done to date is probably Whipping Boy, which is the one that I like showed in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one I think is probably the most challenging. Um, but the one that I put the most effort into is actually another route, uh, called Desiderata, which is this boulder that I did in Vitavu, Wyoming. And it was really impactful for me because that boulder in particular, uh, was kind of like where I decided that I wanted to pursue harder things. Um, because in climbing, you can for sure climb all over and you can kind of scratch the surface and stay within your comfort zone and you can have an amazing time. Like that's not in any way like a diminishing of the experiences because like it, climbing is so fun on its own that like you can stay within your own ability and not push yourself and have just an absolute blast. Um, but I 
did this boulder and I actually probably put in like 25 sessions on it, which is a very high number. Like normally people will, you know, try a boulder or try a, a climb like a couple times and then send it and, and go home. And I, you know, this was many, many days over the course of like an entire summer. And actually funnily, funnily enough, it's the same around the same time that I wrote that blog post, $75,000. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that boulder was very much like I wanted to send it. And that just basically means going from the bottom to the top without falling. And I wanted to send it so bad. And I went and like did it alone. I did it with friends and I, and like I watched other people do it before me. And I just like spent so much time on this one boulder. And then finally, like I was alone. I was out there like all by myself. It was about to rain and I had just fallen off for like the fifth time. And I just gave it like one more go. And then I sent it. Ah, that's amazing. It started to rain like immediately after Ah. I sent it. Like it was, it was like such a perfect moment. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I love that so much. That is awesome. Yeah. Like since then it's really been like, okay, like it matters to me to try hard on things that I find worthy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. That's so cool. Um, so, um, I wanted to circle back to, cause I, I'm going to share uh, you know, how people can find you on your website, but also mm-hmm. on your site, you have um, links for van conversion and, and kind of like how, what you did with your van and a lot of like blog posts about van life. Um, and then you also have a section for one chick travels. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you want to share a little bit about the, the chicks that you like that are on that page and just like, how did that kind of come about? And yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um so I think that it was like um early on in my like climbing career. So like when I first hit the road, um I went to Utah, I met a bunch of people, and then I kind of learned about what we call the circuit. And uh that is just like seasonally where is the best climbing in the western United States. Okay. Um and w- that that also aligns with like your style, which is typically trad climbing uh, for me. And so, you know, I met a bunch of people and I was traveling around and, sorry, let me back up a bit. Before I started being in a van, I actually had this perception that living in a van was going to be very much like me and like a bunch of dudes. Mm. And I was like, you know, this was earlier on in the van life days. And so, you know, it was still perceived as like very dangerous for women to do it alone And like, you know, everybody was like, well, do you have a gun? Do you have a big dog? And like, you know, the classic, right? Mm -hmm. Like all that stuff that they ask you when you're a woman traveling alone. And, you know, I was actually had a lot of anxiety about it. And so um, I had a lot of sleepless nights and, you know, sometimes I still do. But I got out to Indian Creek in Moab and I met just like a bunch of women. And I met a bunch of women who were traveling on their own. And then I traveled to the next area and I met like a bunch of solo female travelers. And then I traveled to the next area and I met a bunch of solo female travelers. And I was like, how is there such a disconnect? Like, how Hmm. is it that like all the media coverage that I can see is just like solo dudes, you know, roughing it and traveling around when like the reality is, is that there are like just as many women doing this like with, you know, in, in a lot of cases, like even greater success, you know, that's Um, so interesting because like, even for RV life, 
I, I did it for two and a half years full time. And like, I rarely boondocked just because of the safety issue, because I was so concerned about that. And, uh, now I I definitely do want to do, I want to go into, um, like camper van life. Um, not necessarily full time, but you know, do some seasonal stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I want to explore more. I want to set it up so I can boondock and, and explore more because I feel like I've I missed such an opportunity. But, mm-hmm. you know, the fear and just like – and there was so much for me to already learn and be like learning about with RV life by myself, hitching, unhitching, all the stuff, that it was like yeah. too much for me to try to do all that at once. But, yeah. um, but that's something that I want to challenge myself to do. So it's really interesting to hear that perspective of like, yeah, what we hear and that preconceived notion of like – it's the scary thing and no women are out there and it's all, it's like nice to know that's, that's crap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Frankly it is. And like, I I kept meeting just like such interesting women. Like I remember, I wish I'd been able to sit her down for an interview, but I met this woman who's like, who was like in her fifties and was living in an RV and her husband had just died and she like, was retired and you know had his life insurance and all this stuff and she was like I never got to see the world I'm like 56 years old I want to go you know travel I think actually she might have been much older than that now that I'm thinking about it you know when you're like 20 and you think 50 is the oldest person now that I'm like 30 (laughs) I'm thinking about it and I'm like she was probably older than that (laughs) because her husband was dead it was probably like in her 60s or 70s um But anyway, she, it was basically the, the concept was that like, she was, she had had a life mm-hmm. and, you know, ki- kids had grown and like this person had left her life. And yeah, yeah. I just remember being like, so inspired and so like, like psyched and being like, wow, you're in Joshua tree living this crazy life. Like go for it, you know? Yeah. And, and like the women that were my friends and peers and people that I was meeting on the road, like, you know, they were you know, <laughs> getting their PhDs and, you know, living in their vans that they'd built themselves, or they were, you know, riding, or they were like, uh, climbing guides, uh, and like doing that kind of stuff on their own. Like each one of them had just such incredible stories to tell that I was just like, I want to talk about this. And like, I've only, I've done, I think like six or seven of them now, uh, and like that series kind of dropped off because I, you know, started doing other things, but I would love to pick it back up because I think that like, there's such good stories of like women traveling and I want to empower other women to like take those steps because I think that people, women specifically still live in a world where they believe that like they can't do it unless they have their male partner with yes. them. And like, yeah, I, I just last week, true. yeah, it's not true at all. Just last <laughs> week I posted an interview I did with girl camper founder, Janine Pettit, and her whole mission is to help to do just that is to help women of all ages be, you know, toe like a girl is her motto. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and we talked about it at the Camp Re, it was a, in 2021 where we like a hundred women came together and these women, I'm almost 50. They, I was mm-hmm. the youngest of all these ladies and they were by themselves solo towing all different types of sizes of rigs, having a great time. And it was so inspiring to see that. And I think that, you know, I can't tell you how many times in RV life where I'll talk to a couple and the the wife is like, Oh no, I'm too scared to do that. I'll, ha- you know, let the husband, but the bottom line is like, well, what if there's trouble? You know, you have to yeah. know how to do that. But I think it goes even beyond that. It's like, why would you not 
want to have the power and the freedom to be like, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no, nothing like the feeling cruising down the road and looking behind you and being like, I towed, I'm towing 8,000 pounds or whatever it is, you know, myself. And I hitched it myself and I'm backing it up and I'm doing it myself and I'm going places and I'm, I'm living life fully, you know, with or without a part, it doesn't matter, you know, like, so yeah, I'm a firm believer of like encouraging everyone to get past that, that comfort zone. And it goes back to the whole thing of like, your your sense of safety and your comfort zone, it's different for every person. So like, mm-hmm. you know, and the more you push that boundary, the more risks that you feel like you could probably take. And I mm-hmm. think that like, it, you know, for someone, you know, a risk might be just like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't even think of a good analogy, but like, you know, well, okay. I'll say like for my own experience, it was like the risk for me was like just learning how to tow something, which I'd never done. And yeah. like, and then to get past that to now where I'm like, okay, but now I want to do it and I want to do it boondocking and I want to set things up and I want, and I want to go into boat life. And now I want to like yeah. learn how to sail and I want to go take a catamaran to the Bahamas or whatever. So like, you know, the, those, the yeah. vision and the risk, I, I feel like, I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like it gets not easier, but it's like, you yeah. can kind of push the boundary further, you know, like, no, for sure. I mean, yeah. You're touching on something that we talk about. So I think it's funny that there's such an overlap between climbing and, you know, van life and car life and RV life and stuff, because um, risk tolerance, like, is a thing that I think about all the time um, as a climber. But I also think about it through the lens of being a woman. Um, And like risk management is something that we teach women just from cradle. And the way we teach them is you cannot take risks you know, because you're smaller, because you're weaker. And so we, and and we don't do that to young boys. We say like, okay, yeah, you have to be able to take risks because, you know, someone might try and pick a fight with you. And like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to have to be able to fight them back. Or, you know, you're going to have to like back up this truck because no one's going to be around to, to do it. And we teach women, like, you need to be able to support your partner if he comes back from a, a fight and you need to be able to support your partner when he's stressed out and like backing up the trailer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that's not to say that like, it's not, you know, fine to let a man back up a trailer or, you know, get in a fight, but it's more like, you know, as a climber and as a woman, like we have to continue to push risk tolerance. Yeah. Um, and you have to teach yourself how to be brave. And so what I find a lot of times, as I also teach climbing to women, I find a lot of times that women, when they come to me as climbers, this is the first time in their lives that they are using their physical bodies Mm -hmm. to overcome something that is emotionally and physically stressful. And it is like, I, I feel so privileged to be in that position because it is like, it's emotional and it's like mind blowing every time. And like, this is people from all ages, right? Like I work with really young women, you know, teenagers and like, they're dealing with like, being a teenager, which is like the, one of the most stressful things you can be uh, all the way up until like older women who've like had families and their kids are grown. And like, you know, this is the first time in their lives that like they are in a situation where they have to like do the thing and there's no one else to rely on. And I think that that happens a lot in RV and van life too, because you're like, Oh shit, 
the trailer <laughs> the trailer is loaded wrong or like i need to like and i just broke my window backing into it in you know into it or whatever what am i gonna do like yeah i think it's really good for us emotionally and mentally to like you know push those boundaries i think so 100 percent. and like i love i love how you describe that because it feels like um it's almost like a like therapy it's physical mm -hmm. therapy yeah. but it's not physical therapy you know what I mean like it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do I say that but yeah you know, like it's you know it's like that that idea of like using your whole body of overcoming and, and doing and it's so holistic I guess that's mm -hmm. what I mean and it's like so many people in our, you know, I feel like in our culture, we're so disconnected from our bodies, from ourselves, from nature. And so like the idea of like helping people to really connect and empower them to like build that, build that strength, that mental, that mental fortitude and to keep mm -hmm. like taking those risks and trying and trying, because if anything, I'm imagining it's, you know, like you get to a certain level and then you're like, okay, I want more, I want, yeah. you know? And that, so that's, that, and you have to keep pushing it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that well, is, I mean, the other thing is that women hold, I mean, not just women, everybody holds trauma and like stressful experiences in their bodies. Yeah. And so like, you know, when you have a stressful experience, whether it's like leaving and driving your RV for the first time across the country with no plans or starting up a rock climb, that's a little bit hard for you, or even just a little scary for you your body is not remembering that I'm in a controlled environment that I can keep myself safe. Your body is remembering the last time that you felt that way. And that might be for some people like the most traumatic, trauma, bleh, the most traumatic experience of their lives. Or it might just be like, you know, having an anxiety attack. Right. And so you see the, like the range of experiences where like people who have trauma and women have a lot of trauma yeah. um like I, that can be brought in so it's not just like I'm driving my RV across the country for the first time it's you know that mean thing someone said to me when I was a little kid and the abandonment issues of my father and my eating disorder or my you know my children leaving the house like you know all those things get put onto your body physically in those moments and so when you can overcome them and do the drive it's part of that process. Like you're part of overcoming, not just the drive, but like all those things. And I see that all the time in climbing. It's so true. It's so true. Cause I can tell you how many times, like in my RV journey of like things that would happen and like literally, you know, feel myself starting to have a panic attack of like, what am I going to do? And like that freeze, that fight or flight, you know, having mm -hmm. all the, you know, kind of trauma triggers happening and yet at the same time, I'm like, I am by myself. If I don't do this, like I'm on a road where no one's here, I'm going to be stranded. I have to figure this out or whatever the situation is. And, um, and then you get to the other side of it and you're like, wow, I did that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm okay. And I, yeah. you know, and it's like, I call it like, that's, um, like I talk about resilience a lot at least the first two seasons of flipping dreams I was talking about like people who people think that um I'm resilient because I was just born that way or people are just born yeah. to be resilient I don't think that's true I think that yeah. you learn I think it's a muscle that you flex I think it's like putting it whether you are put in the situation or you put yourself in a situation that forces you to like 
push past, past those boundaries and get yourself yeah. to that next level and like break those things that like, that's what gives you that resilience and that confidence to keep going. And, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, I, I think anyone can tap into it. I think that it's yeah. like overcoming the fear and, 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 and honestly empowering yourself and enabling yourself to do it is like mm -hmm. half the battle. I think that yeah. like a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough credit or agency to do, to do the thing that we need to do in life to get, to heal, to grow all of the things are, you know, it's not easy. They're hard yeah. things, right? Like, and so like, it's much easier to just sit and watch a television set and, you know, watch yeah. other people doing things, but you're not going to actually, you're not, you're not learning or experiencing it yourself. Like, I mean, I feel, I feel very strongly that we need to do hard things as people. Mm -hmm. I think that like humans have an innate drive to do hard things. Um, and when we deny ourselves that, uh, it kind of messes with us, you know, and yeah. like my hard thing is climbing, but I mean, your hard thing might be law school, uh, you know, or it might be like really scary movies or it might be video games or it might be, I don't even know, like <laughs> stamp collecting, like, you know, like we need to do hard things. Like we are compelled to achieve in, in small ways. Like in, mm -hmm. in, I think that's part of why, like looking at your phone and watching TV is so damaging. Well, at least it is for me damaging to my mental health is because it is in a lot of ways, like scratching that itch of like, I look, I feel like I'm, things are happening, but I'm not doing any of them, yeah. you know? And so like, I get, I mean, I personally get like weird FOMO almost. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Like, yeah. So it's like, yeah. Anyway, I think that uh, we are compelled as human beings to do hard things and it just looks different for everybody. Yeah. And I think the thing is like, um, it takes the, the, it shifts the focus. I mean, we could go on a whole thing about social media and like our phones and yeah. all of that and technology and everything. But like, instead of us actually experiencing the life that we're experiencing and seeing like, and, and paving our own way in our own journey, our own path. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to do that alone, but like, the thing is like, instead of doing that, we're watching everyone else and then we're comparing ourselves and we're just like, yeah. it's just such a, it's so negative and, and, and I think also it just leads to really negative mental health in, in mm -hmm. ways that come out and people project on other people. And then it just ends up, it's just not good for our culture as a whole. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like that's why a lot of times with like RV or like people who do things out like camping or their groups, it's like, they're not sitting around a TV. They're actually like talking, they're building campfires, they're fetching wood, they're doing different activities, they're cooking, they're, you know, whatever they're doing but they're experiencing that together and growing and sharing that. And like, that is so valuable. Like, I, I don't know. I, I could go yeah. on, on about that. Oh, I wanted to circle. No, I'm not with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to circle back bef before we finished. Cause I, ha I had this image in my mind when we were talking about people and um, breaking through their trauma by climbing and all this. And, and I had this image of someone like, you know, they're on, you're on your own climbing and you're going up this thing and you're battling all these things and all this stuff's going on. It's very internal. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is that like you're below and there's a rope and it's kind of like, there's a safety as well, but you have mm -hmm. to take the risk to, you know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I had this like kind of cool image of like, you know, it's like there, I guess it's like, you're not alone is the yeah. idea. It's like, you're not alone. You have to climb it yourself. But, um, you know, you're not going to let someone hurt themselves, but you're like, 
but you got to go. You only you can do it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's one of the things that I think makes climbing so special is that it for in a lot of ways, it's very partnership oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you need a friend and you need someone you trust to support you, to belay you. Um, but yeah, I when I work with uh, women, I do actually a lot of climbing photography. And so if you can imagine, I'm hanging above them and they're climbing up to me and we're kind of having this interaction and having this, this connection, this moment. And like, I cannot tell you how many times I have been like hanging on a rope, talking to someone, coaching them through it. And they just like burst into tears and, you know, say something like, you know, my boyfriend doesn't believe in me. Mm, And, and you're just like, this is, this is not like you're climbing. Like this is not have the, he's not even here, you know, like this is something else that's going on. And like, it's, you're processing it now in this moment because it's, you know, stressful and being off the ground can be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, women will just look at me and be like, I have the lowest self-esteem of anyone you've ever met. You know, like I, I had two women tell me that in the same day at two separate shoots. It was wow. wild. And I, like, they both said it verbatim, like, I have the, and they were both crying. And I was like, what is happening? Like, this is like a cultural phenomenon that, like, this is happening to me right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that climbing is a great analogy for, like, we have to overcome our own, uh, you know, internal battles and stuff. But I have the privilege to be there to help people, you know, do those things, um, which I think has just been one of the greatest joys of my life. That is so awesome. When it, when is your gym going to be open? As soon as possible. <laughs> um, that's like the, that's the question, isn't it? That's the million dollar question. Um, I think uh, hopefully uh, sometime in the early new year. Awesome. So early 2024, we'd like to be uh, open. It does it have a name? Uh, it's just Climb Moab. Climb Moab. Okay. Climb Moab. <laughs> okay, so everyone listening, um, you need to go to Moab next year and and check out Kaya, and yes. uh, and get over your and take your risk, get over your fears, and climb a wall, and yeah, 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 um, yeah. Come with me, <laughs> yeah. Go climbing, yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, how else do you mind uh, sharing how people can reach you? Or what's the best way for them to find you? Um, yeah, you can find me on, uh, I'm mostly on Instagram, one chick travels, um, that's O N E C H I C K travels. And, um, I'm taking a little bit of a social media hiatus right now because I just needed a break. Um, but you can find me on my website, which is one chick travels.com. I sometimes put blog posts up there, uh, and you know, YouTube, I have all these videos about van life and rock climbing. Uh, so see if you want to see some of the videos that, uh, we've been talking about, uh, you can find them there. And I think that is also either, I think it's either one chick travels or it's just Kaya Lindsay. Um, but yeah, just Google me. I'm around. <laughs> That's, I'm so glad. Um, I caught you <laughs> before you went on your hiatus and, uh, <laughs> and that we we're able to yeah, chat. Yeah. This is, yeah, no, thank you so much for, um, thanks for, for having me on here. It was great chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I will definitely, uh, now you've got me thinking next year, Van, go to Moab. So yeah, I'll be in touch <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Please do. <laughs> well, thank you, Kaya. Of course. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Oh my gosh, you too. Really. It's so inspiring to hear all of this and I'm going to dig deeper into, um, 
your films and just all the things. It's just, it's, uh, we're off record now, we're done, but, um, <laughs> they, um, it's so inspiring to like, for me, because I feel like so many of the things that I do, I don't have a good uh, community of women, except for my golf. I do. I did join the LPGA group out of Austin. I have some great ladies mm -hmm. that I can play with. Um, but a lot of stuff I do is solo. And so um, mm -hmm. sometimes you just feel like, well, why am I doing this? Because especially like RV life for me, it was like, you know, everyone's couples, like couples and families. Yeah. And I'm just like, where are the people that are like me that are just wanderers? And like, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need a partner. I'm just, I'm good. <laughs> I just want to, yeah. I just want to adventure and I want to, you know, travel and yeah. see things and, you know, do stuff. So um, it's really, uh, yeah, it's great to see you've, it's just very inspiring. I appreciate, I appreciate what you do. And, um, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, really. Thank you. No, yeah. thank you so much. And I, I love to do stuff like this and chat with people. Cause like, you know, we're always trying to get the word out. And one of my greatest wishes is that if some woman listens to me talk about van life or rock climbing, like if just one, if just one, that's it, you know, gets up and, and decides that like, she wants to do it, then, you know, I've, I've succeeded that I so. Absolutely. I fully agree <laughs> with that. That's my philosophy too in life. So yeah, very much. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely hit me up if you're in Moab. There is actually a lot of RV culture out here. So you would easily, you could easily uh, fit right into this, this zone. Awesome. Awesome. And maybe I'll try. I've never tried to climb. So maybe I'll try it. I don't know. Yep. I'll give you a free day pass if you show up. Okay. Come try it. Cool. 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 <laughs> I love it. Cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Kai. I hope you have a great night. You can find Flipping Dreams Podcast anywhere you love to listen to podcasts, or you can find us on RoadMediaNetwork.com. You can also find me on my social media, Facebook at Heather May, on Instagram at underscore every day is May. Or on my, my website at heatherrenemay.com. That's Heather R E This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Rogue.